Now, if you have 15 customers paying 2000 bucks a month, that this is just on the software side, that would put your monthly recurring revenue at about 30,000. You mentioned earlier, your gross margin profile is 50-50, right? So assuming the margin profile in software is 80, 85%, that means on the rental side of the business, you're doing somewhere around, call it 700, 800,000 bucks in a run rate today in terms of new rentals per month. Is that about accurate? I mean, it's, it's an average number there. Um, and uh, I said the, the target split is 50-50. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Benedict Eicher. He's building flexcavo.de, a construction consulting business coming from a family business in construction. He moved into consulting at McKinsey after his bachelor's and master's, now following the vision of an able, intelligent construction uh, using flexcavo. Benedict, you ready to take us to the top? Yes, sure. I mean, um... <laughs> If you start a company, you always want to disrupt in a certain industry. And uh, you, you already said it. Uh, my short pitch is always um, construction, consulting, construction. I was born and raised in a construction family. Uh, I was eager to go back into that industry where I'm very passionate about uh, to shake things up a bit. So just to be clear, you are, you're writing code software to help construction uh, companies what manage projects easier or what does it do? So in the end, we're building a platform uh, to foster and enable intelligent construction. And we connect two things. We connect equipment and technology. So yes, we're writing code for machinery fleets. These machines are on a construction side, the only reliable data source. On the other hand, we operate as well as asset-enabled business, so we can provide assets too. So it's both sides of the business, the asset business and the software business. Because in the end, I truly believe that the world belongs to those who build. And if you want to be the number one partner for construction companies, only code won't bring you far. Because so does FlexCavo clients... own a fleet of trucks and power tools and construction equipment? Indeed, trucks not, but uh, the typical power equipment. So from, from small dumpers, loaders to um, large-scale excavators, um, we indeed own them. Interesting. How much, if you add up the price you paid, right, the inventory value of everything you hold on your balance sheet, how much is that? Uh, way above 10 million. Way above 10 million. So are you rich? I mean, where'd you get the money to buy all that equipment? Uh, obviously not equity. Um, uh, we see this would kick my ex if I um, would spend my equity on machines. It's debt. So it's a structured debt. Um, the good thing there is, I mean, we all know car financing. Um, it works pretty much the same way. So we secure our assets with put options, and then we simply have our partner banks uh, that finance our assets. Uh, and then we use them over a lifetime of four to seven years. Um, we, we act basically as a subscription model here. And after four to seven years, we give them on a secondary market uh, and sell them. Smart. And how many unique pieces of equipment do you have? Like you know, thousands or? Over 400 on our own fleet. Um, however, we manage over 10,000 um, pieces or units for our clients. Oh, so if someone else owns three dump trucks, they can list them on your marketplace and you'll help them find work. 
we're not in a P2P place. So we we exclusively work with construction clients. And if you're a construction company, the typical split would be 60% your own machines, 40% rented machines. Um, and we help construction companies in the whole process of planning and then executing a construction site from a machinery perspective. So mm-hmm. you can allocate your machines. And as well, in that process of allocation, you might lack a machine. So we can provide you that machine. But we're not in a business of P2P where you say, okay, I have three idle to rest. That's not our business model. And so, h- what do you make more money on renting out equipment or selling software to construction companies? I mean, from from a, I always look at it from a gross margin perspective. I mean, if you look at the pure revenue side of the business, um, obviously uh, the renting part is quite strong because you can change uh, charge quite high daily rates for big excavators. However, on a gross margin perspective, it's a 50-50 split. Uh, so we always aim for growing both sides of the business. However, you know, SaaS, there are different contracts in place. And I mean, if I would compare uh, 1 million SaaS ARR versus 1 million uh, asset ARR, different gross margins are there. And for us, yeah. in the end, gross and contribution margins are key uh, to manage our burn. Interesting. Okay, so let's just talk about SaaS for a second, move away from assets. What, what do the construction companies pay you on average per month or per year to use your software? It pretty much depends on the size of your business. Um, obviously, if you're a small company, um, we're going to charge you a simple, small uh, monthly fee, and then it scales uh, with the number of units you want to manage. So mm-hmm. um, let's say, um, depending on the framework contract, it's a certain fixed amount of euros per month per unit, and then you can actually opt for further services like telematics or others. Mm-hmm. What is the fixed per euros per month per unit? It, it ranges uh, between uh, 200 uh, and 1,000 per, per month. Um, but then, obviously, uh, the, the bigger contribution goes towards the number of assets we manage for the client and we help them manage. Okay, got it. So I, I'm not sure I'm following this yet. So if someone if someone has like four dump trucks that they want you to manage for them, right? So they're, they're paying four units times 200, so fixed euros per month per unit? It's, it's a base flat fee, basically. So no matter how many units you've got, the base fee for the software itself, and then on top per unit. And, oh, and I see. as a note, for four dump trucks, it wouldn't make sense. So for dump trucks, you simply can manage them yourself. We're okay. rather than the business of helping clients with 50 plus units, up to 20,000 units currently with the biggest client. And imagine you've got 100 construction sites and all need to be up and running because as a construction company, your key enemy is downtime. Um, and managing this network from a perspective, I need certain units at certain places at certain times. These days, it's mainly done by pen, paper, and whiteboard. And we help them in the process of allocating those machines, managing their flow within their network, and automating workflows. Because mm-hmm. obviously, if you use pen, paper, whiteboard, and a phone, uh, you can't really digitize and automate a workflow. However, it's always the same workflow. I need a unit. I request the unit. The unit gets transported. It arrives. I use the unit. And then I'm going to send the unit back to my uh, central location. Interesting. So your sweet spot then are companies paying you like around $1,000 a month to manage some number of 50 plus units. I would say the, the typical uh, monthly rate um, is about 1,000 um, up to uh, five-digit sum. It really depends on the number of units. I mean, if you're a client with... Well, what, say, I'm, what I'm really asking, though, is what, what does the average customer of, of FlexCabo have in terms of number of units? I'm trying to get like your sweet spot. I understand yeah, there's a range. Our sweet spot would say uh, our sweet spot starts with like um, yeah, 100 units and then up to uh, 10,000 units. And okay, really so what would I pay for 100 for- units? For 100 units, um, you would pay, depending on what kind of service you would opt for, um, somewhere in between, let's say, a 500 and 1,500 euros per month. 
Okay, fair enough. So call it maybe like 2000 USD per month. Now, now if we add up all the units you're currently managing across all your yeah. customers, how many are you managing? Currently way above 10,000. Wow. Okay. Got it. So, okay, cool. So, and your, is there, are there power laws there? What is your largest customer manage on your platform? How many units? Our largest customer would say um, that customer uh, goes in the high um, footage ranges um, that's managed by us. Okay. So, I mean, that could be 9,000. We are basically, uh, it's much like McKinsey there. Um, uh, we don't disclose the numbers of our customers because uh, obviously, if you're talking to construction companies, uh, data security is key concern for them. Um, well, yeah, I obviously, obviously, I'm not asking you to name the customer. I'm asking yeah. you, you're of your largest customer, how many units they manage on your platform? And you said high four figures. So I mean, I'm just saying that could be eight or 9,000 units from one customer. Let, let's say it's somewhere between uh, six and 9,000. There we've got the point. I mean, it's it's fluctuating. I mean, it's fluctuating basically month per month because they buy units, they sell units. So as a construction company, you don't have a fixed number of units that you're going to opt for for the next years. It really depends on the state of your project as well as the procurement state. I mean, but the, the reason I asked that question, though, is you are very dependent on this one customer. There's a lot of concentration risk here. True. Um, that, that might seem that way. However, we started to market the software fully beginning of that year. So we're currently ramping up sales. I mean, uh, I we've see. been doing founder sales quite for a long time. So if you look at the rental part of the business that has been started um, earlier because it was easier to ramp up, you simply need to convince the banks to give you depth. And then you go on the market and you work with customers. There we work with more than 100 customers in the rental perspective. The software obviously took a while to, con uh, to conceptualize and then to code. Yes. We used our own fleet to test it. So since February, I would say we're in commercial mode and now we're ramping that up. I mean, um, there hasn't been the typical SDR AE setup. So we're currently hiring a full B2B sales team to ramp up our software sales activities. So I wouldn't say concentration risk. It's, it's a simple matter of where are you in the scaling phase? Well, there's 6,000 units and you're managing 10,000 total. 6,000 with one customer is concentration risk. 60% of the units you manage is with one customer. Obviously, that's diversifying over time, but... That's, that's a snapshot of as of today. Um, well, yeah, that's what I'm asking. I understand, obviously, you're diversifying over time, but today yeah. there's concentration. And then when you Correct. say there's 100 customers as on the renter side of the marketplace, what does that mean? Like last month, 100 unique construction companies rented at least one unit from you? Correct. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. Put this on a timeline for me, uh, Benedict. When did you guys launch the business? So um, we started talking about the business 2019. Um, we went into like uh, really working on that 2020. We raised our first in uh, June, July 2020. And then we started building the business uh, as of uh, June, July 2020. We raised another round in February 2021. And then recently, end of last year, we closed our seed round. So that's the equity fundraising timeline and obviously accompanied by our debt. And so in 2020, what was that pre-seed round? How much did you raise? 
Uh, we raised roughly um, 500 million uh, euros. Uh, sorry, 500 million, uh, 500K. 500 million would be nice, so it's uh, 500K euros. $650,000 in your pre-seed round. Now, why did you need that money? What makes this expensive to build? Um, we thought about bootstrapping in the beginning, to be honest. Um, however, you need to have a quick land grab there, and it was a simple consideration of speed. Um, we, we've seen a lot of contacts uh, in the States and other countries, and we said, okay, we've got the concept before we actually raised around. We we had LOIs, we talked to customers, so we, we pretty much knew what we need to build. And then it was a simple consideration of how quick do we need to be in terms of execution to make a land grab and not allow other players in the market to try to figure out their own solutions. Because obviously, if you're in a construction space and you're attached to machines. OEMs could do some things, other rental players could do some things. So we decided we need money from the start, basically from pre-seed phase to quickly ramp up the team. The initial and money was mainly spent on, on tech. And how much did you raise in your seed round? Seed round was in total um, 5 million um, euros. Uh, and in between, we had an angel round uh, with 1.5. Uh, okay, sorry, sorry. So again, 650,000 raised in 2020. In early 2021, Correct. you did an angel round of 1.5 million or about 2 million USD. Yeah. Yeah, and 2 then, million USD. Uh, and then you uh, recently did a Series A round for, for 6 million USD. Series A, Series C, depends on how you call it. We call it Series C because pre-seed, angel round, the angel round was a convertible. And then a seed, or if you may call it Series A, you can call it Series A uh, in September uh, 2021. And most folks um, most, most folks in their seed round these days are selling 10 to 20% of the business. Were you guys sort of in that same range? I mean, market uh, market usual dilution there. Market usual dilution, you said? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So call it like 10 or 20%. I mean, so something between like a 15 and 20 million valuation is what you raised that on. Yeah. I mean, okay. uh, if you take the market usual, then that's that's the right number. <clears throat> yeah. Great. And then fast forward to the, the September round, right? So 6 million. Um, how much of this is you raising capital so that you can support your debt facility versus you raising capital to invest in like engineering to build the software? I mean, that facility is basically paid off by our machines. So we don't use equity to cross-finance okay. machines. Um, we calculate basically on a debt coverage ratio. And our machines have a typical debt coverage ratio between 1.5 and 3x on debt. So the debt service is paid off by the machines. And then the machines as well cross-finance with a gross margin, our operations there. So, so to be clear, if the asset value of your machines is 3 million bucks, you can raise a million in debt. That's a 3x coverage ratio. No, I mean, um, when we talk about revenue power, I mean, if you look at the revenue of the assets, um, we always calculate how much on top of the debt service are we actually making revenue. And that's a 3x. Uh, so basically, the remainder can be used to finance operations there. I see. I see. Okay, cool. And then, uh, I guess, going back to the overall business, you signed up your first customers back in 2020. How many today are paying to use the platform? How many are today? Um, there, we've uh, been walking in the range between um, 10 and 20. Okay, got it. So cool. So okay, now the con the concentration risk makes sense then, right? So it, <laughs> it makes sense that you've got one customer that makes up like the bulk of your inventory. In the end, what we opted for is we opted for a co-creation. I mean, uh, obviously, we can sit in Berlin and then design a nice software and then try to launch it and, and make customers use it. However, uh, construction works differently. So we really sit on a table with construction clients, uh, talk to them, try to figure out what are the pain points, and then co-create a software that is used by the construction folks. Because if you talk mm -hmm. to the CFO, to the CEO, they might like the software. However, the real user of that is in the end the foreman on a construction side. They need to understand how they tick. Because if you simple seller software uh, in the after sales and customer success you will fail and they will turn if the foreman doesn't want to use your software 
Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So just to be clear again, two revenue streams, you got 15 customers that pay you to manage all of their assets, you know, whatever equipment, things like that. They pay on average, call it two, 3000 bucks a month. You then have another model where you rent out that equipment and you make a, a, a you know, a margin on, on the, on the rental of an excavator for a day. Correct. And I mean, I see. they are not like, they're not uh, siloed models in the end. You could look at it like that. You have asset only customers, you have software only customers, but our goal is always full service customer. You manage a machine to your own machines via our platform and we supply you with machines because for construction companies, it's way more convenient to switch CapEx to OpEx. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have 15 customers paying 2000 bucks a month, that this is just on the software side, that would put your monthly recurring revenue at about 30,000. You mentioned earlier, your gross margin profile is 50-50, right? So assuming the margin profile on software is 80-85%, that means on the rental side of the business, you're doing somewhere around, call it 700, 800,000 bucks in a run rate today in terms of new rentals per month. Is that about accurate? I mean, it's, it's an average number there. Um, and uh, I said the, the target split is 50-50. I mean, it depends on seasonality. Construction is seasonal. So in the winter months, uh, you have low utilization on the assets in the summer months more. But I would say on average, um, that, that holds true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so when you add up both your, your monthly recurring SaaS today, plus your rental volume monthly, you're doing something like 60, 70, well, 80, 90,000 dollars a month right now in revenue. Um, no, I would say, no, it's, it's, uh, monthly revenue is above that. So monthly revenue is already a uh, six digit, uh, if we oh, add great. up software and rental. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Okay. So what do you think you can grow at? Like what percent you think you can grow the business this year? I mean, the clear goal is basically, um, surpassing, uh, on an overall basis, uh, the 300 K monthly revenue, adding both streams up. Um, and obviously, I mean, from a rental perspective or from the subscription perspective, um, we already locked in the orders for 2022 with regards to our units. We know what unit base we're going to achieve. There's so a simple utilization game there and execution game. And then a software side, it's then a, a function of the B2B SaaS sales team. Yep. Yep. And, and if you don't. All know the numbers for for solid series A. So VC is going to ask you for series A for above uh, one million ARR. So that's obviously uh, the the hit number for the software. Yep. Now, if you're doing over a hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue today combined, what were you doing about a year ago? Do you remember? A year ago, I would say we uh, we recently did the analysis. I think from Q1 2021 to Q1 uh, 2022, we grew 18x. Uh, 18x. Got it. So I mean, you were doing something like I mean, you were almost like seven thousand a month a year ago, something like that. Roughly. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of growth the past 12 months. It makes sense why you've raised the capital you've raised. Obviously, delusion's not a fun thing though, right? So when you raise 6 million, right? I mean, you're selling probably what, another 15% of the business there? I mean, uh, in the end, it was a convertible note plus a seed round. So uh, the convertible note was packed through the seed round. Um, but in the end, I truly believe if you're building a category leader, um, everyone will be fine off in the cap table. So if you can manage then the illusion, and honestly, for me, it's rather a passion topic. So I'm, I'm not thinking about exit. I'm thinking about the passion in the, in the industry. I mean, born and raised there, brother's a civil engineer, father's doing the family business. So I rather care about building a solution that helps really construction clients to build more smarter. And, and that's kind of like my key motivation. Sure. I understand passion, but when you're raising this amount of money, you have a board. And if you're passionate about doing project A and the board says, we hate project A, well, guess what? You can't build your passion anymore. You're listening to the board because you give up control. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) But there are market average uh, things that you can actually then uh, try to argument against. And in the end, I mean, what I always tell as well, my board is it's fine, but in the end, it's a different kind of beast, the construction industry. It is not the typical B2B sales industry. It's not fintech. So different different forces are in force. Benedict, we're out of time here. So like quick things just to get yeah. more context. Are you yeah. sole founder? No, no, no. I'm I'm uh, one of two founders. So I, I'm rather on the business two side. Two founders. Like, and did you guys you guys split 50-50 at the start? Yeah, for sure. 
Very cool. Okay. That's great. And then how many folks full-time are on the team today? Um, uh, last number, I would say, uh, 55, but quickly growing full-time. How many engineers? Uh, I would say roughly, uh, 40% of the team are engineers. Okay. Got it. So call it 20%, 20 of them are engineers. That's great. And how many folks are on the sales team yet? Are you still building that? Uh, on the sales team, I would say on the, uh, rental sales team, we've got, uh, seven sales team members on the, uh, sales team for the, uh, SaaS solution. We recently made a lot of hires. So that team will be as well in the upper single digit range. And then both teams growing to two digit ranges uh, within the year. Okay. Got it. So like 14 on the combined sales team, something like that. We'll see what happens next. I love the combined model. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, how things about how things. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, yes, I would say uh, CEO I'm following is um, uh, Jeff Bezos and as well, a lot of construction CEOs to just uh, keep up with the, with the industry. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building FlexCabo? My favorite online tool for building FlexCabo, yep. uh, I would say for me, it's Slack um, because communication is key. And number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, depends. Uh, I try to get eight. Uh, however, I think uh, on average, it's rather six. Okay. And what's your situation, Benedict? Married, single, kids? Single. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 30. 30. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Sorry, I didn't get that? Something you wish you knew when you were 20. <laughs> 